Cool. Well, hey, church, next week, Sunday night, 5 p.m., uh, we've got our uh, interns, uh, ELC, Elam Leadership College graduation next week at 5 p.m. So all of our interns who have been doing internship at ELC are graduating next week. So we would love for you to come on down and help us celebrate them as they walk the stage uh, next week, 5 p.m. Uh, at Elam Christian Center Botany Campus. So join us there uh, as we celebrate all of our interns. But in light of that, one of our interns, he's been doing three years of internship, and this is his final year. Uh, and today, he is going to be bringing the word for us this morning. And so it's my absolute joy uh, to let you all know that Luke, he's going to come up and he's going to preach an awesome message for us today. Thanks, Luke. Good morning, church family. How are you guys doing? Hey, just thank you, Pastor Don, Pastor Haley, for the opportunity to share this morning. Just like to welcome my, my dad, Ben, and my mom, Heather, for being here as well. As Pastor Don shared, this is my final week of internship. Next week, I graduate. I get to walk to a nice big platform at Botany, and I get to uh, receive my certificate. And my parents have flown in from Canada to watch this handsome son do this, that. And on top of that, they're here to witness me, uh, my preach, and as well, uh, my wedding this Saturday. That's like a, that's like a three-for-one deal. The plane ticket doesn't seem that expensive anymore, does it, Dad? <laughs> no, still a bit. Yeah, it's a bit coming from Canada. All right, guys, let me just pray and I'll get right into it. Father, we just thank you for this time that we get to gather. Lord, we just thank you that uh, even as that uh, the Christmas song, the worship song, that we adore you, Jesus, and we just give you all the, all the worship. Father God, I just thank you that you're in this place, that you're stirring in your people's hearts, that you just encourage your saints this morning. Amen. Our passage this morning, church, is found in Psalms chapter 126, verse 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Before I get into it, let me just give you a quick backdrop to this chapter, some historical context, so we know how this psalm fits into our wider biblical story. You see, Israel was God's chosen people, his nation. God time and time again kept warning this people to flee from their sin and turn to him, or else they would eventually have no place to call home. God warns the people through various prophets, such as Jeremiah, which we'll look at a little later on, that the day was coming when their great city, Jerusalem, known here in our text as Zion, would eventually be overtaken and the people who survived would be taken to a far country. Well, sure enough, church, this happens. The people of Israel do not repent. The Babylonians come, siege the city, and take away the people to Babylon. And just as God warned the people of this exile to come, he also spoke to them, through the prophets, that this exile would not be forever. The people would remain in captivity for 70 years. You can picture then the Jews' excitement and the celebrations to follow when they get the news that they are being released and allowed to return and rebuild their homelands. Psalms chapter 126 is that song that describes their excitement. Let's read it together. You can follow along on the screens or in your Bible. Psalms chapter 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Like I said, this passage is a song sung by the Jews telling of their return to Jerusalem. And verse 5 here summarizes what that experience would have been like. 
their experience of their captivity compared to this newfound freedom. This is what we'll be exploring this morning, church. God's people, the Jews then, and the believer today, who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Now, church, I'm not much of a gardener. This is going, oh, I shouldn't just say, that is my only job here at, uh, I work for campus services as the gardener, but I don't think anyone's here from there, so I, I can speak all openly and honestly. But this is going back like 16 years. My mom, I'm in the backyard and I'm gardening with my mom and there's a plant in the corner. She points to it, I forget the name. I don't think I would have known it then either. I go, I, she asked me to cut it out. I get the loppers and I go to the base of this plant. I cut it down and to my mom's horror, I just cut down her favorite tree. She's been growing this tree for years and years. I cut down the tree instead of the weed she was pointing to in the back. <laughs> I don't know if that got me out of gardening in the future, but either way, I know very little about gardening, but this is what I do know. That which is sown grows. If you plant a grapeseed, you get a grapevine. If you plant an orange seed, you get an orange tree. If you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. And if you plant a mustard seed, you get a mustard sauce. I don't know, a tree, a bush, a shrub, I don't know what you get. The Bible talks of varieties, different types of sowing. Proverbs 22, verse 8, he who sows in iniquity will reap sorrow. Hosea 10, 12, sow for yourself righteousness and reap in mercy. Galatians 6, 8, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit of the spirit will reap everlasting life. That's a sermon for another time. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. The principle of sowing and reaping is a God-ordained universal truth. You reap what you sow. And all that makes sense to us, doesn't it, church? But what doesn't make sense to me is verse 5 here of this psalm. You see, the psalmist in this chapter specifically mentions sowing in tears and reaping in joy. I mean, we can see this, into, we can see this in the text, and the Jews would have been well aware of it, that to sow in disobedience, they reaped exile. But to sow in tears and to reap in joy, how does that work? How does reaping, sorry, how is reaping in joy come from sowing in tears? How do tears sown reap joy? I would think tears would produce depression. Tears would produce bitterness. Tears would produce reoccurring traumas. And for the world, this may be the case. For those that do not know Jesus Christ, sowing in tears would produce anything but joy. Yet for God's people, how do we reap in joy? How then does joy become the fruit of tears? Friends, last November, while we were still in some level of lockdown, I started a prayer group every Saturday in Mountford Park. I don't know how all of you guys were doing near the end of that, but I was feeling pretty rough. You see, I was trying to grasp these big concepts with my little brain. I was weighing my time here in New Zealand, wondering if I've been productive in God's kingdom. I was trying to make sense of the church. What is the church as in the global bride of Christ versus what we all participate here on a Sunday morning? I was trying to lead and submit at the same time. I was trying to be led by the Spirit when it seemed to have a great cost. I miss my Canadian family deeply. I was looking for the strong leadership that my dad would provide. And I miss the courage that my mom would instill in me. On top of all that, church, I was struggling with romance. I was making a great big mess of it. I know what you're thinking, church, someone as handsome and charming as me, that shouldn't have been an issue. There was. <laughs> Thank you, Mama Lau. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so I prayed, and we continued to do so every Saturday. A few others joined me in the park as well. One such Saturday morning, 
I was on my way to pick up a friend, and on my way to his house church, I don't know why, but I just began to weep. I was at that stop sign next to the dairy on the Weymouth Road. It's like a dam inside of me burst. There I was, weeping. I can only imagine it was from those stresses that I previously mentioned. Either way, I was weeping. True story, church, we came to a red light. I stayed far enough back, not just for safety reasons, but I was embarrassed that the car in front of me would look in his rear view mirror and see a grown man crying behind him. Friends, at this, in this overwhelming state that I was in, I had a picture. There was Jesus in the midst of my weeping, gardening. He was wearing overalls and was almost jumping around with joy. He seemed so lighthearted and carefree, and yet at the same time, he knew full well what I was going through. Jesus was going around planting seeds in the ground, and with this, the Lord spoke to me. He said that this is a season of sowing. This soil was like my heart being turned up for new seeds to be planted, and that Jesus himself would tend to this garden, and that I would reap in his time. Now, church, honestly, I have no idea what that meant at the time, but I just continued to pray, and I learned to put my faith in God. And let me tell you, while there was weeping then, there is a joy now. Even the romantic difficulties I was having bore fruit. I'll be married to the beautiful and lovely Miss Stephanie Tapp in 143 hours. I've got a town count going. Now, if that's not enough reason to join a small group of young adults, I don't know what is. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. What is this sowing then? Friends, we all know that crying tears in and of themselves are not fruitful. Just because you are crying or, crying or weeping does not mean you are sowing. No, this is evident in children. They cry for any reasons. Too hot, too cold, they're hungry and thirsty. Mom, my brother's not sharing with me. I remember crying because my mom here gave me a terrible haircut. These tears we cry as children, and perhaps sometimes we still do, are clearly not the tears that reap anything, except for maybe a hiding, ironically. We understand that the tears this passage talks about, while may be accompanied by literal tears, represent suffering, hardship, chaos, and confusion. The trial, if you will, of God's people. Church, if you're here and struggling, don't let those tears fall to the ground in vain. Sow them. Jeremiah was a prophet to the Jewish people in this very time, in the very season of sowing in tears. In chapter 29 of Jeremiah, verses 4 through 14, we have God speaking regarding the Jews in captivity. What God had intended sowing in tears and reaping in joy to look like. Church, if you are sowing in tears, listen to what God says to do while in this season. Verse 4, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. What does this say, church? What is God's will for you while in your current season of struggle, your season of sowing in tears? That you would grow, build, and pray. That you would increase and not diminish. Church, hear the very heart of Almighty God, your Heavenly Father, for you in this season. His will for you is that you would be increased and not diminished. You as a Christian are not merely called to survive. You're not called to survive your season of struggling, to survive your season of sorrow, or to survive your season of sowing in tears. You're not merely called to survive as a Christian, you're invited to thrive. 
and to thrive through the season of sowing. You are meant to increase and not be diminished. Friends, may I encourage you today that if you're going through a time of weeping, know that the tears are not in vain. Your tears are not wasted. Like the picture I had, you have a loving Savior, Jesus Christ, that is very close. He will watch over your tears and he himself will be sure to care for those seed-like tears. Mothers and fathers, those tears that you sow for your sons and daughters to come to salvation will bear fruit. Sons and daughters, the prayers you pray for your parents to know the love of God are heard. Have faith. Family, these tears are not in vain. These are tears sown. Jesus Christ says that if he be lifted up, he would draw all people to himself. We will continue to have faith in Jesus to draw our families to himself. Take courage, those of you who are sowing through tears of conviction. These tears come with a cost, yes, but have faith. It is the spirit of the living God who is at work in you. He will accomplish his will in your life, and he will be with you every step of the way. He will take you places greater than you can currently imagine. Our God personally watches over those who put their faith in him. Be of good cheer, those of you who are wrestling in tears through your present circumstances, learning to be content in your present reality while contending for more. Whether that be in your job, your singleness, your passions and your pursuits, have faith. There is a harvest of joy to be found in God's time. Know, church, that God will never leave you and he is always with you. Have you really messed up? Made mistakes that will seem to cause a lifetime of damage? Like the Jews who, as a result of their own sin, found themselves in exile? Have faith in Jesus Christ, who has paid for your sins, and he will have you on a plan of restoration, a path of restoration, that will give you a life of freedom and joy. One of our favorite verses here at Elam is Jeremiah 29.11. Do you realize, church, that this life verse was spoken to the Jews in the middle of their exile, in the middle of their confusion, of their heartbreak, of their sinful rebellion, of their sorrow? This verse is found while the Jews were sowing in tears. And God is speaking the same thing to you now. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. How can we not thrive through our sorrow with a faith like this? Those who sow in tears, those who sow in tears of faith shall reap in joy. What then is this joy? Friends, God kept his word to the Jews. He brought them back home. The good plans that God promises through Jeremiah are fulfilled. You see, the Jews were going about their daily lives, doing what the Lord told them, getting married, having babies, praying for their city, and little do they know that God is moving in the heart of the very king who held them captive. You can read this story for yourself. It's found in Ezra chapter 1, but let me tell you what happens. We have the Persian king, King Cyrus, who is stirred by God to release the Jewish people. This king commands his own people to give the people of Israel gold and silver and free will offerings to take back and rebuild their homelands. Get this, church. The same people who are the ones oppressing the Jews, who kept them captive, are now the very ones blessing them on their journey back home. You see, the Jews have sowed in tears, and it was all God who caused all things to work for good. It was God working, ensuring a reaping of joy. God continues to speak through Jeremiah, stating what exactly this joy is we are to reap. Verse 12, Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. 
I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. This whole process of sowing in tears and reaping in joy seems to be an almighty setup by our God with the very intent of deepening our intimacy with him. You see, the joy reaped found in this text says that God is making himself known to us, talking with us, and calling us home. Church, this joy reaped is not just the miraculous answer to our prayers. Oh, that certainly is joyous, but the true joy reaped is knowing, experiencing this divine relationship we have with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. So in tears, reap in joy. So in faith, reap in intimacy. This whole process of sowing in tears and reaping joy is simple. It is learning to put our faith in God through our sorrows, our suffering, even our tears, and then watching Him put His goodness on display. As a result, we're drawn into a deeper intimacy with Him that produces in us an unshakable joy, a joy that cannot, we cannot contain, but we must celebrate with others. Sow in tears, reap in joy. Sow in faith, reap in an intimacy with Almighty God our Father, and then celebrate with others. And it is this celebration that this song was written about. We'll read it again. Psalms 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. As I come to a closed church, celebrate openly. Like the psalm, testify to the goodness of God in your life. Share your stories so that others who may be sowing will be encouraged by them. God is good, and these stories are his stories. Celebration church is a holy act of worship. When, when we Christians celebrate, it's like a high-energy prayer. We are thanking God openly for what he has done in our lives. Here at Elam Christian Center, we love to celebrate. We did crunchy times just this morning and every Sunday morning. We celebrate new jobs, engagements, buying a house, a car, birthdays, and babies, first-time guests, and graduations. Any reason to celebrate. Celebration is the result of sowing and reaping. I mean, really, when we celebrate with someone getting a new job, it's because they are so, there is a sowing involved. You had to write a CV. You had to go and apply. You had to put your work ethic on paper and try to sell yourself to a future employer. And you did all this with faith, trusting God with the outcome. We celebrate big purchases like a house or a car because we all know the discipline it takes to save. You'd have had to say no to a Macca's run after church on a Sunday and eat your two-minute noodles for a time, saving your cash, all while acknowledging that it is the Lord who provides. We celebrate engagements, knowing that it takes a handsome young man a lot of courage to go ask his lady's dad for his blessing, pick out a ring, plan the date, and pop the question. We honor God by celebrating the opportunity to spend our life with one of his precious daughters. We celebrate first-time guests, knowing what it took for many of us to go through these doors for our first Sunday service. They'd have to overcome their anxieties and fears, wonder what these crazy Elamites are up to behind those creepy brick walls and electric fences. Church, these last three years, I've had the honor of celebrating with you. I've seen your tears so. I have watched you reap in joy, and we have celebrated together. It has been such a privilege to sow and reap and to celebrate with you all, and I look forward to continuing to do so. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy.
God bless you, church. Yeah, come on, let's show him some love this morning. Amen. If I can ask the keys to join me today. Thanks, Luke. Um, maybe you're here today and maybe you're asking yourself this question, how do I count myself amongst those who can actually stand and say, sow with tears, but reap with joy? And maybe you're saying, where, where do I start? Where does all of that begin? It begins with a relationship with Jesus. And we can't dismiss the service without giving you an opportunity this morning to say yes to Jesus. And so if you're here and you'd like the opportunity, we're gonna close our eyes and bow our heads this morning. And we would like to give you this opportunity to come into loving fellowship and relationship with Jesus. You need to know that God created you. He created you on purpose and He created you for a purpose. He created you to know Him. He created you to come into loving fellowship with Him. But the Bible talks about this thing that keeps us disconnected from God. It keeps us separated from God. And that thing is called sin. Sin is doing things our way. Then sin is walking in disobedience to God. But also that sin, uh, the Bible says that the wages of sin, the consequence of sin is death. But you see, my friend, it didn't end there because God in His grace, He sent His only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that you and I didn't have to pay the consequence or the wages for sin. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he took on himself what you and I would do for sin. He took on himself what you and I were meant to pay for, this, for sin. But you know, today God is extending to you his grace, forgiveness for your past, a new life right now, and a hope for your future and eternal life with him in heaven. The Bible says, uh, whosoever believes in him, believes in Jesus, will not perish, but have everlasting life. But you see, we must turn away from sin and turn to Jesus. Put our faith in Jesus, put our hope in Jesus, put our trust in Jesus for everlasting life. And so if that's you and you're here today and you're saying, I wanna give my heart to Jesus, I wanna give you this opportunity, and you've got no reason to be shy or afraid up in this building. No one in this church was born perfect. We are all sinners who've been saved by grace. But we want you to know we're right here with you and we've got your back. And so if that's you and you're saying, yes, I wanna give my heart to Jesus. I wanna make him the Lord of my life. I'm gonna count to three and you can put your hand up and you can put it down straight away. One, God loves you. Two, he's speaking to your heart right now. Three, raise your hand. Thank you, bro, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Yeah, you can clap, church. Amen. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. This prayer doesn't save you. Jesus Christ saves you. This prayer is a confession of you putting your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose again. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart. I wanna trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer this morning, we wanna say we're proud of you, congratulations, and welcome home.